What's up, my podcast listeners and YouTube subscribers, watchers, viewers, whatever you want to call yourself. I'm your host, Rafael Matuszewski, and this is part two of our programming for fat loss, becoming an ironclad body, selfish plug once again for my new book coming out hopefully this summer if I can get my shit together. And we are going to pick off, well, pick up, off where we left off, um, where I saved our program that I would literally give to um, any client that walks through the door and we kind of did a baseline on what I would give to someone who didn't really have any kind of major issues or any kind of um, major injuries or any kind of contradictions that they shouldn't be training. So. Today I'm gonna show you how I'm gonna progress this individual. And if we have time, I'll show you kind of the next foundational progressions that everyone should be doing and where maybe even like a lateralization might come into play, which is basically a progressed exercise, but maybe two exercises might be around the same difficulty and that would be called like a lateralization. Um, so let's kind of go over what we did last time. So we broke up into three different sets. And I know my ring light thing like looks like a fucking flying donut right now on the board, but um, writing up top, which is very hard to see, what we have is a dead bug and a half kneeling uh, anti-rotation press. And then a second set, we're going into a hip hinge with TRX rows. And then the last set, we're going into a single arm dumbbell floor press with a glute bridge. And then we have split squats and then we have the cable rope face pull now i'm going to show you now while writing over there um, what we are going to progress this individual to and the nice thing is that my ring light is not uh on the side that we're going to be uh what am i doing on the side that we're going to be throwing in the exercises and Hopefully my board doesn't fall over and be super embarrassing. So how I'm going to progress the dead bug, I want to add some sort of like external load to it. So where I usually go to one piggyback off of the, um, what's it called? The pattern, I want to add a little bit more tension to it, a little bit more stability to it, whatever word you want to use. And simply what I'm gonna do is a band resisted dead bug. So how I do this, I will take a standard super band um, or assisted pull-up band, whatever you want to call it, um, and loop it around like a squat rack, uh, cable machine, pillar, whatever it is, and have the individual almost like in a pullover position where they're, one, getting a little bit of serratus uh, anterior acti activity, a little bit of core engagement, and constant tension to learn again. Once again, remember, when we looked at all of these, they kind of paint the bigger picture of what we need to work on and a lot of them repeat the same concept. So if I want this individual to learn how to deadlift properly, my dead bug is my first kind of line of defense of teaching them intra-abdominal pressure. Now I need to 
um, enhance that, kind of magnify it at a larger scale because when we get into heavier loads, if I haven't taught the person how to create that tension that's going to help protect their spine, then I'm kind of fucked. So if I have a band-resisted dead bug where I have constant tension um, in it and I'm still kind of piggybacking off the um, previous exercise. So again, all of this would be done for four weeks. And so maybe I'll write that up top here. Four weeks. And that's how I kind of program is each phase is four weeks. That was a terrible line, by the way. Um, and I want to piggyback off those um, exercises that I've already started with. And in that case, it's just a small little change. So now I'm not teaching um, that person a brand new movement and kind of start from square one. In this case, it's like you already have the foundational movement. Now let's add a little bit more to it, a little bit more complexity to it, right? It's just like you learning your ABCs and now let's put you know, three letters together to um, make a word. Um, so now moving on to the half kneel anti-rotation press, what I like to do in this situation is, again, stay in a half kneeling position and do a cable lift. So if you are familiar with um, Gray Cook and the FMS model, um, the biggest thing that they kind of prescribe is chops and lifts. And a lift is simply getting into the half kneel position. Um, I can either just take the cable handle or the rope attachment and go from my hip chest to a 45. And now I'm still working my hip stability, core stability, but now I'm going on more so a you know diagonal pattern where we're gonna slowly start transitioning to more rotational stuff which is going to come up later in our programming. So now I basically took the first two exercises, learned the foundational patterns of both of them, and now just added a little bit more to it, right? I've built the foundation on the patterns, and now let's challenge them. And same kind of rule applies. Let's do um, two to three sets, eight to 10 each. Like it doesn't have to be rocket science. And then we're going to move into um, this next set. So if you, can, if you can't see it from home, we have the hip hinge and T-Rex rows. So what I like to do here is now get into a dumbbell sumo deadlift. And let me tell you why. So if I had somebody brand new to exercise, or a low back patient, or someone who has no idea what the difference between a squat and deadlift is, I am going to take the four weeks that we spent learning how to literally push your hips back and learn that I am not squatting, I'm going to be hinging, I'm using my hips, to now loading that pattern. And the big thing too is like, you don't have to do it in the sumo stance. I just prefer to, because I find that people pick that um, hinge pattern a little bit easier than going into con uh, conventional deadlift where I just place the dumbbell between the feet and their toes are straight, their feet are like shoulder width apart, hip width apart, whatever it is, and they kind of almost fall into um, almost like a Romanian deadlift pattern. But I just find that 
the sumo stance makes it a lot easier for them to find that hinge. They feel it a little bit more. And most people that are training nowadays, especially now that we're sitting at home all day on Zoom calls, those hip flexors and just hip um, muscles in general um, are super, super, super tight. So getting into a traditional deadlift um, position is gonna kind of not get you the result you want. And I find a lot of people end up extending not through their hips when they come up through the deadlift, they kind of extend through their lumbar spine, which we don't want. Um, so that's why I kind of go with the sumo deadlift instead. Um, what I also do, depending on the person, it doesn't have to be from the floor. Um, if someone had some real uh, mobility restrictions, that's when we can um, you know, place like a yoga block underneath the um, dumbbell. And to kind of visualize a little bit more, I would have the dumbbell upright. And if you think of traditional dumbbells, you know, they're pretty lengthy this way. So now I don't traditionally need to um, always elevate the deadlift. And that's a whole nother episode I can get into if you should be deadlifting off the floor or not. Um, but in this case, the dumbbell sumo uh, deadlift tends to work really, really well. If you have a lot of mobility restrictions, that's when I would elevate it. And then with the TRX rows, I honestly keep it the same. And the reason behind that is usually when someone starts off, they're kind of at like a 45 degree angle and they're not going that low because they're still learning how to um, do the movement and kind of figure out how I'm supposed to pull my body um, up towards the handles and back down. So I do this another four weeks, but now what I tell them to do is like, I want you to do as many reps as possible. If you get to 12, you're not low enough. So then they kind of learn how to self-regulate um, that way. And what happens is they end up going to a point, like a depth where they're only getting like six to eight. And that's where I see most changes when they finally find that feeling of like, that's how it's supposed to feel when I'm working. And I feel like a lot of people don't ever get that right off the bat. They kind of just move through the motions and kind of stay where they feel comfortable. And it's kind of a way to introduce being uncomfortable in a training session. Because when I start in those first four weeks, you know, some people break a sweat, but they're not like huffing and puffing and dying or like pushing themselves because they don't know how to do that yet. And this is kind of an intro how to do that. And, you know, one of the safest ways is to do it by pulling your own body weight, at least in my opinion, like using a, an exercise like the TRX row. Um, and then depending on the person, because I look at this section kind of as like the meat and potatoes of your programming. This is a kind of like the most important um, section. So here I would actually do anywhere from like three to five rounds or five sets. And that was a terrible five. Um, again, always dependent on the person um, where they're at. Traditionally, like I haven't had a person who started their fifth week with me and they're doing five rounds. They're usually doing just three to four. Um, so now let's go into this next section, the single arm dumbbell floor, uh, floor press with glute bridge. Now, depending on the person, I like to keep this as is. So if I had to do 
this, I'll do another four weeks of it. And let me tell you why. Usually with a brand new person, they haven't still figured out like what their weight is to be a challenging weight just yet. It's kind of like the TRX row. Now that they have the movement pattern, now they can challenge it a little bit more. Because with the single arm dumbbell floor press, when I get someone new, say it's a female, like they are kind of in the range of like using a 10 pound dumbbell to a 20 pound dumbbell. And if I have a dude, they're anywhere from like 30 to 40 pounds. And they still haven't like reached that like maybe 70 to 80% of what they can actually do. So I like to keep it as is or say they are progressing nicely. Everything's falling in line. They're pushing uh, weight already. This is where I'll go into a single leg glute bridge to make it a little bit more challenging. But if not, it's fine to just keep it the same and just go up and weight a little bit more. Now from split squats, where I like to go to is reverse lunges. The reason why is now that we have a basic foundational pattern of the split squat and we know how to utilize the muscles involved in that um, lunge position, now let's add locomotion, right? The reason why I never start reverse lunges off the bat is that most people don't know how to coordinate that movement without other stuff kind of influencing it. And um, I love to focus on the real basics, getting really good at them, and then adding a layer of um, instability like a reverse lunge. Because at one point, you know, you're on two feet and that one leg needs to go back to uh, lunge and he needs to stabilize on the toe, come back down, and then come back up without kind of falling all over the place. And I can't remember if I said anything about how I would load it. So again, with split squats, say it's a brand new person, never set foot in the gym, we could be just doing body weight. Um, if it's a person that can handle their own body weight, then I can give them two dumbbells by their uh, side. Um, or a goblet position, whatever they prefer. Same thing with the reverse lunges when I get there. Now, the rope face pull. What I like to do here. I like to do some sort of single arm row. And let me tell you why. We are designed to press, pull, walk, run with one leg and one arm at a time. The moment that we start crawling, we're going opposite arm, opposite leg. If you look at research of you know, strengthening one limb over the other, there's that carryover effect. So I want to now influence that benefit of doing unilateral training because our bodies thrive off of that compared to using two at the same time. So with the rope face pull in the beginning, you know, I have higher payoff getting people, you know, learning how to activate those rhomboids, mid traps, low traps, whatever postural muscles there are compared to starting off with a single arm row where they're probably more dominant with like doing that pattern of shrugging and then rowing. Whereas with the rope face pull, they're literally thinking of setting those um, traps down while pulling. Now let's go challenge it to, with a, some sort of single arm row variation. So I can be a dumbbell row, a cable single arm row. And usually depending on the person, if I do a dumbbell row and I see a lot of this shrugging motion, 
and I can't correct it and say next week I can't correct it, that's where I would go back to um, say a half kneeling position with a cable row. I think that would work really, really well. And that's essentially how I would progress the first four weeks um, to another four week phase where we built a solid foundation and at this point, this is where I see a lot of people uh, progress very, very nicely. Now, let's just say um, if I was a person that's been training with me for a year and they've, you know, did everything, every single progression, how would this look if I had someone quite fit, um, they're injury free, no issues whatsoever. How would I program for someone a little bit more advanced? And I think that's what a lot of people want to see is how I could take this most basic uh, program and scale it. So the interesting thing is I can literally have, um, so I'm gonna erase all this, someone brand new, new to exercise, um, that's never set foot in the gym and then have someone that is, actually I'm just gonna erase that. Um, that is a little bit more advanced and they can follow the same template. And this is what I learned early on in my uh, career. And I'm gonna make this into say one year. So say someone's training with me for a year and I have an advanced program for them. Um, so say I have someone brand new and actually, sorry, when I was a coach, uh, when I first started, I learned this whole concept of progressions and regressions to a point where I could create a template of someone who is the most athletic person and basically dumb it down, not dumb it down, but regress it to a point where a brand new person can follow the same, uh, same template and still get the benefit out of it. So say this person that is advanced is going to follow the exact same template. So with the dead bug, what I would do is a cable pullover dead bug. For those who don't know, imagine a cable machine behind me. I take the rope attachment, bring it in front. Every time I extend my leg into a dead bug, I go into a pullover, and then as I drive my knee, I drive the arms forward, which is a very challenging exercise. Now we get to the half kneeling anti-rotation press. This is where I would do a standing AR anti-rotation press with front raise. So now I go from a half kneeling position to a standing position because by that time I have the necessary prerequisites to get there and I'm adding a front raise. So if you think of a pal off press and now I'm bringing it up, I have a lot more of this stuff activating in order for me not to collapse over. So I'm not only focusing on fighting rotation, as I'm getting up to here, I'm also fighting anti-lateral flexion, which makes it a two, like a two punch really, really quick to the face if you don't stabilize. 
So now I took a really simple concept and made it very difficult for someone to get challenged. Now, let's go into our next section where, how are we on time? We're good. Um, the hip hinge, nice and simple. Let's go barbell, deadlift, right? Very, very, very simple. T-Rex rows, let's go and eccentric, TRX inverted row. Sorry for all the abbreviations. So the barbell deadlift, I can do like say three to five reps. The eccentric TRX inverted row. Having your heels say on a 18 inch box um, or a bench and then having um, the tempo of the exercise where I'm pulling nice and quick up to the top and I'm slowly lowering myself for like four Mississippis all the way to full extension and then again drive up and again I would do as many reps as possible. Those two together are going to light people up pretty quickly and then this that's a whole nother thing that we didn't even uh, get into is that when I have a brand new person going through here we don't really rest because there's not enough stuff taxing enough to make you feel like oh shit I need to take a breather it's very like I'm gonna go back to back all the way through and finish the hour whereas by the time I get here you're gonna want to take at least 30 seconds between and especially here if you're loading the deadlift enough and doing max uh, reps on the T-Rex inverted row you're gonna want to take at least two minutes and that's where we're actually challenging our body and that's kind of similar to that example I had earlier about you know my next phase taking the just a typical T-Rex row and getting the person to do as many reps as possible to feel how it is to be working at a rate where you're actually um, pushing yourself a little bit so this whole phase is actually pushing that person to you know not failure but near failure now let's look at the single arm dumbbell floor press a simple thing that I can do here is a single arm bench press, but yeah, terrible writing because it's too far off to the side, but um, I like getting into a single arm um, glute bridge dumbbell press. So imagine having the bench like traditionally behind you and lying on your back, but having only your shoulders on top. So if similar to if you were doing a hip thrust, but you're on the edge of the bench where just your head is and you're driving your hips up and uh, back down like a hip, uh, hip thrust, but you're gonna stay up there the entire time and then doing a dumbbell single arm press where you have to fight your body uh, weight and the weight of the dumbbell falling off to the side. So you're challenging not only your glutes, but your whole freaking system. And that is a very challenging exercise. Split squats. Easy one to throw in to kill anybody is a rear foot elevated split squat. For those who don't know, Bulgarian split squats are traditionally known as it, but a rear foot elevated split squat Again, not a complicated exercise like you being on a fucking BOSU ball and like lights being turned off and on while someone throws firecrackers at you. Um, but you can load it quite easily to make it challenging. 
Now, the rope face pull. This is where I would maybe do a cable side plank row. Sorry for the terrible writing, but side plank, cable machine front doing a single arm row. So I'm getting that uh, rowing pattern. I'm also throwing an extra exercise in there as a side plank to have a more well-rounded uh, workout that targets the full body and hits every single thing that we need to progress and challenge as we get stronger. So I literally took the most simplest program and followed the same template for someone who's advanced. These two people would not know that doing that uh, workout at the same time, but in my head and in my mind, I'm like, they're doing the same program, right? And this is the beauty of programming for people and makes it so much easier for any new coach out there um, trying to create programs for their clients and rather than sitting there like, okay, I need to come up with something new. I need to think of this, this, and this, rather than having just a template and just copying it and then, okay, my person can't press overhead, I'm gonna take this out instead. My person has a bad big right toe, I'm gonna take out split squats and give them rear foot elevated split squats because it's gonna be flat on a bench, you, like things like that. It's very plug and play and it saves you quite a bit of um, headache down the road. And this is where, you know, I find that people see the best results. And like I said in my first video, I stole my programming from Results Fitness on, as because they are one of the best gyms in the world when it comes to training general population. And I followed this for like the last eight years of my career. I've not seen anyone get injured. I've not seen anyone, you know, say like the program was too easy. I have not heard any kind of complaints people are just like wow like it looks really simple on paper and like literally if you look at it, this is like you're like oh this doesn't look hard but when you put into practice knowing what the person um, needs then they're gonna feel it in the hour right so again if you're watching this at home and you do this program maybe it's not gonna feel um, challenging to you but if I took you through an assessment and then had to take this template, um, I could easily, um, you know, change it a little bit to make it more specific to you. This is just a general example. Um, you know, I know a couple questions I'm gonna get really soon is, why do you do two exercises here, two here, and three here? Why can't you do it any different? You can. You can do one exercise in the beginning if you want, and then rest and then do it again. You can do fucking five exercises in the second section and just do two at the end. It doesn't matter, right? But I categorized this in the beginning to make it simple. You know, sometimes with my more experienced clients, I will do three exercises of three sets, but maybe do some sort of conditioning where the three exercises at top are, you know, uh, a goblet squat, a TRX row, and push-ups and they do three reps of each one for five minutes straight and see how many rounds you can get in rest for three minutes repeat it one more time and then move on to the next one right there there's so many different ways of how to program and um 
there's no like right or wrong. But what I will say is the moment you learn the rules of programming, and there's so many good books out there and resources online of like where programming started, how it benefits, and it literally, there's so much research on it. Follow that path first, and then that's when you can start breaking rules of anything else that you've learned. But um, that's essentially how I do it. That's where I see the most success. I see people, you know, having more days in the gym, less, you know, days where they're just like, oh, I need to take a few days off because I've been really, really sore or my leg hurts or some weird stuff like that. But um, hopefully that was helpful. I want to thank you guys for listening and watching. Um, for those who are listening, 100% hit the show notes and see if you can find the time to watch this video. I want to thank so many of you guys who have been watching my videos because now I'm getting more views on my YouTube channel than my actual podcast, which is pretty interesting. Um, you guys are amazing. Thank you for the support. Hit your show notes. Add me on Facebook. Add me on Instagram. Give me a five-star review on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen. I was going to say watch. Uh, listen to your podcast, and we can continue sharing the wealth of knowledge that I give week after week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Until next time, you guys.